I'm yet to meet anyone who becomes a better, more loving person when they worry. I don't know if there's any exceptions to that rule. Yeah. <laughs> What does Jesus say here? Uh, I can't find it. Never mind. <laughs> Worry consumes us, doesn't it? It uh, prevents us from being truly present to what it is that we're doing, what it is that's before us. It reduces our capacity to be generous because we're so consumed in the worry, right? It's very easy to worry, isn't it? Very, very easy. <laughs> and so Jesus today, he gives us this all-important encouragement. He says, therefore, do not worry about your life and what you eat, nor your body and how you are to clothe it. Now, he gives some examples here of, of, of food and clothing but he's talking more generally, right, more broadly about, you know, just that, that, that everyday worry about practical stuff that can, can just consume us. Now, there, there is, of course, some genuine reasons to worry. I remember my mum used to tell us this story when we were young and we were in the big department store and she lost my sister. <laughs> right? That's a reason to worry, parents, you know, that worry, don't you? Um, or, or, of course, when someone... Is, is you know, you know, really sick, or, or there's something really significant. And then, of course, this, you you need to uh, acknowledge that there's going to be some worry that'll come with that. But, but I think much of the worry that that consumes us in our day to day life would apply to what Jesus is talking about here today when he talks about food and 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 uh, and clothing. He says. It's actually the pagans who worry. Now, why would the pagans worry? The pagans worry because they don't have a vision. They don't have any kind of understanding, any relationship with a God who is all loving and all good and abundantly provident towards us. That's why they worry, because they're on their own. Right? They worry because they have no concept of a God who has endless resources, a God who desires to give to his children and who gives whether they deserve it or not. Remember what Jesus said? He causes the sun to shine on the good and the bad alike. They have no concept, pagans, of a God who is this just tremendous uh, allower, a God who is constantly allowing. Uh, us to receive uh, more and more of his riches, of, of, of his goodness. That's why the pagans worry. Now, why do we worry? I'll give you a clue. It's the same answer. <laughs> because we haven't yet fully appreciated the goodness of God. We haven't yet fully... Um, we might have a concept. We might have an, an idea of this God who is good and this God who provides, but it hasn't yet become our worldview, right? We haven't quite adopted a lens um, through which we, we recognise and we can appreciate this faithfulness of God and the goodness and the generosity of God 
that just gives and gives and gives regardless of whether I deserve it or not. In fact, we, we seem to carry the opposite image, don't we? A God who is stingy. A God who is looking for reasons to stop giving to us. Right? Have you ever had that? I used to have this quite chronically, I've got to say. <laughs> um, that idea that when things are going well in life, you think, oh, they're going to end soon. <laughs> they're going to end. You know, as if God's kind of got, he's got a limited resource for me or something. I think uh, one social commentator has called that... Um, labelled that as foreboding joy, you know? It's like you can only have so much joy. So Jesus' encouragement to us today is uh, to step into this worldview of a God who is abundant and will always provide for us and is always good and is always generous far more than we can appreciate. And then he gives it a little kind of encouragement. He gives an example. He says, look around. Look at the birds. They can't work. They can't sew or spin. They've got no money. But, but God provides for all of them. Think all the birds, right? Or, or look at the flowers in the field. Look how beautifully they're, they're clothed. Look at the grass. It grows. You know, that... I think of waterfalls. I don't know if you've been to like in Niagara Falls. I've been to these falls in, in Brazil. And oh my God, the, the amount of water that just kept coming over, I was, it was just overwhelming. It's like, where does this water come from? 24 hours a day. This gushing, gushing. The abundance of God, huh? Now, there, there are plenty of examples of God's faithful providence all around us. Uh, in the world around us, but, but it's even more important for us to look for examples in our own life. How has God been providing generously for you? What are, the, what are some examples? Uh, one that comes to mind is when I joined the brothers, um, you know, took this vow of poverty and, you know, living this kind of simple life, and I thought, oh, you know, I never really got to go on all my overseas trips and do all this kind of stuff, you know. <laughs> uh, at the time, I was quite, I was a bit. You know, I was a bit, I don't know, upset about it or sad about it or, was, you know, whatever. But, um, but, you know, in God's generosity, since joining the brothers, I've travelled more than I think I could have travelled if, you know, if I'd been a millionaire, you know. I've just, God's taken me all over the place on, on missions and on conferences and uh, God provides, right? I think every, every week here, um, you know, in ministry, uh, I think this is probably fairly common for priests, you know, always, you know, I, I worry sometimes about, oh, will I have something to say, something that'll be helpful for, for, for you? And, and sometimes there can be a real, a real worry, but time and time again, God just seems to give me something, you know, God provides. God is faithful. What are the examples for you in your life? What are the things that you can look to as a way of building up your confidence that, oh, yes, that's right. I, I do worry about these things, but when I look back, I realise that God's always provided for me. Right? We need to challenge that, that automatic kind of um, thing that causes us to worry. If you want to um, 
if you want to see more examples of, of God providing for you really abundantly, the key is trust. Because what trust does is when we trust in God, when we put when we set our hearts on the kingdom of God first, when we seek to do God's will first, uh, as Jesus says today, then what happens is that we create room for God. Right? When we try and control our lives and try and do everything ourselves, then we limit God's capacity to provide for us. But as we trust, as we give some room to God, then we'll notice more and more God providing, right? Really richly, really abundantly. That'll grow our confidence. Right? And the other thing that happens when we, when we put more trust in God is that um, we'll notice that our, our, we'll find a new level of, of security. Um, we'll find a, a, a new level of, of trust in our relationship with God. And what we'll actually find is that we're, we're not worrying so much about the things that we think we need because our needs change. Right? As we trust in God, we find treasure in God. Right? We find our security in God and we don't need so much. And so we don't worry so much. <laughs> Does that make sense? So the invitation today is, is to step into this, um, this abundance of God. And we do that in a particular way as by trusting. And, and one very practical way that we trust is um, by not entertaining worry when it surfaces. Right? Worry will come. It will come. Right? But as we notice it, we have a choice to entertain it or not. Right? And when we make a decision to say, okay, I see the worry but I'm not going to entertain it. And that perhaps is one of the greatest acts of trust that we can make.